welcome to Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Weimer, and today I'm very excited to have a very special guest. It's Steve P. Young, who is the founder of AppMasters, and he's here to kind of talk about how you can market your app. So now that we kind of talked about how to create your app, I think something that's maybe even more important than creating your app is actually getting it out there, letting people know you even have an app, and also getting people to actually download it nowadays. It's not just putting the app on the App Store, but also getting people to agree to download because we have such a small amount of space, right? And also such small time and attention spans. So, Steve, why don't you go ahead and kind of introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Alan. I am Steve P. Young. I have a podcast, YouTube channel, and an app marketing agency where we help clients. And we've had the big clients like Nextdoor, GoPro, Woonga, and all them. But we help startups with some of the growth strategies. So how do you get visibility for your app through App Store optimization, get featured by Apple. And Alan's very timely because WWDC is next week. And you know, just different growth hacks that we just sort of devise. Because you know, our bread and butter is ASO, and that's what most people find us for. But we also try to figure out like, Rather than just spending like thousands, tens of thousands, millions of dollars on Facebook ads, which is interesting, but not that interesting. How do you drive tens of thousands of downloads on a very limited budget? So that's sort of what we like to niche ourselves with. And Alan, one other thing I want to, and we can get into this a little bit later, is I've been doing this since 2011. You know, I started making apps on my own in 2011. And it was because starting a podcast in 2013. I was doing it on the side. I was running growth for a startup in San Francisco. And because I built up an audience through the podcast where I was just trying to learn from other app makers on how they did marketing, I now was able to leave that job and then do this full time. But one of the things I've been focusing on, because in the beginning, 2014, when I first started this whole thing, I was focused on growth. Everything was growth. Downloads, 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 downloads. Now it's like in 2019, I was like, you know what? Some of our clients where we did everything right, did growth, got it featured by Apple, everything right. It just wasn't sustainable because they weren't making money. They weren't retaining their users. So in 2019, at the end of 2018, I decided to shift it a little bit. Now, we still talk about growth strategies, but I also wanted to talk about how do you make more money from the downloads you're already getting? So we can cover all those topics, but that's who, who I am in a nutshell. Okay. Um, you did mention the acronym ASO, right? But I think most of our audience is probably not, I mean, they're into making apps, not really into, I think it's app store optimization, right? So uh, yes. you might need to explain this, explain it like for five, if you know, for the audience and also explain <laughs> no, like a five for me, because I, I think I'm even younger than five. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So ASO just stands for app store optimization, which essentially is SEO for the app store. It's really optimizing your title, your subtitle on iOS. And because it's a Flutter podcast, you can go cross platform. So on Android, it's your title, your short description. Those are the primary variables. And then obviously for Android, it's a long description. On iOS, the description doesn't matter as much. And then certain other components as such as your icon, your screenshots, things like that. But if you just hopefully you take away from this, this interview is really focusing, having your main keywords in your title and your subtitle and title and short description, that's going to help you. That's going to help you go a long ways. Because too many times, Alan, like most, especially the bigger guys, they like to use their title for branding versus having good keywords. So you got to really think through what people are searching for. And if it's a competitive category like fitness or meditation, you want to really go after, and we can get into some of the details and I can share my screen a little bit, but essentially how do you come up with keywords that have decent traffic and lower competition, especially for a brand new app. And if you're just relying on the you developers out there, you know, you're very much guilty about this. I'm just going to build it. I'm going to focus just on building it, building a good product and not even marketing. If you're going to do that, you definitely want to go after these 
keywords that have lower competition versus just like putting meditation, for example, in your title, because you're never going to rank for it. Well, how can you even figure out which keywords would be good for you? Like, I'm just thinking about yeah. like, you're talking about the title, right? So I think I saw, I started watching one of your videos and you one of the things you mentioned was using the title. And I think that's the one that's way on top, right? That's subtitle is another one. Mm-hmm. But for the title, right? If I'm looking at something like Facebook, I think they have such a brand, right? They don't need to do this kind of thing. But I think you were yeah, showing yeah. off one of your old apps, which was like a pinball one. And you put a, a dash or hyphen and then some more mm-hmm. text. Like when I see something like yeah. that, I immediately think, wow, this app is not so attractive because, yeah, they're kind of trying to like do the hacky keywords thing. Like, do you think that's really an issue or not? Like, because that could kind of ruin people's branding if you're just like throwing lots of keywords into the title. I mean, you don't have that much room, right? You have 30 characters on. So like you, whatever your app name is, then dash. Now we can look at somebody else's app in the audience or your app and really go in in depth on what we can optimize. But yeah, like that's, that's the best way of doing it. Like calm for, I, I think I point to like Amazon now or Yelp when you start seeing like restaurants, you know what I mean? And Amazon has online shopping, shopping. So these are big brands and Audible is another one. They have audiobooks now and podcasts. And they're now starting to take into consideration how ASO and optimizing their title impacts their downloads too. Actually, I really like that idea. I have an app that I would love for you to take a look at and see yeah, dude. what you would recommend. Like, uh, we have a chat in the corner, so let me just go ahead and drop the link. To yeah, the paste it in there. I'm there. And over here. Cool. So, like for instance, they have a subtitle, uh, no comment. But, <laughs> but I mean, like for this one, right? The reason I talk about this one is because fitness is a big thing. Uh, you know, people need to be healthy, especially with the pandemic going on. Nobody's kind of walking around outside. Like they just list the name of the name of the of the company up on top, or the name of the app. I don't know which one it is. And then it looks like the company name is different, but, and also they have the subtitle move, get rewards, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, actually there should be keywords, like you said, but actually I don't see the keywords here, right? Is this something you that only developers them, can see? They're not visible. Okay. They're only visible okay. to the developer, not to the everybody else. But the description can also to... be indexed, right? Sorry. Nah, not on Google, not on iOS, but on Google play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to get a link where I can see their actual screenshots because I don't see that off just the link that you're going off of. The link over there uh, below the app icon will be screenshots and you can see for iPhone, iPhone and iPad. Yeah, for some reason it's not showing up for me. I noticed this elsewhere too. All right, so here it is. This is the app. You guys see my screen, okay? So what Alan was talking about, look, Bravia, we have no idea what this app is. Move, get rewards. So it looks like you get rewarded for it connects to app, app the your health apple health the screenshots see i'm not able to pull it so i'm gonna look on sensor tower my screenshots are kind of lame because it's not showing you what the benefit is you know it's like move get rewarded what are the rewards i don't even know and this they're using branding this subtitle right here i'm gonna try to blow this up for you guys but this is branding great for branding crappy for aso and so i actually know of a lot of apps i worked with a client who you know, gave rewards, local rewards. There's even Sweatcoin too. So you walk and then you get rewards. So Sweatcoin's a very similar app, but essentially you want to have those like walking for money or earn money for walking. Those are actually keywords that have decent traffic and low competition. So those are keywords that you should be having in your subtitle, in your title, so forth.
And so that's what you want. That's what we're talking about with the ASO. And then there's this keyword field that's only available if in App Store Connect. On Google Play, there is no keyword field, so you have to depend on your long description. But on iOS, there are these keyword fields, and so you can have keywords in there. So like walking, comma, for, comma, money. That's how you put that, try to localize for that. And one other trick I'll show you guys for you noobs out there, the, the Spanish Mexico. So I just changed this from US to MX right now. That is actually local, that is indexed by the US App Store. So if you put English keywords in there, you're gonna pretty much double the amount of keywords you're going after. So have a new different title, have a new different subtitle and so forth, and definitely you know go after that. And I can show you an example of one of my apps where we do essentially that. It's a different title, different subtitle within the Spanish Mexico. So it's Spanish Mexico, not Spanish Spain, Spanish Mexico localization, but English instead of Spanish. And then you can double the amount of keywords that you go, that you can have targeting the US app store. So I could speak more from, uh, you know, being in Hong Kong, right? So Hong Kong, we basically have at least two languages, probably more like three, right? You got Cantonese, you got uh, Mandarin, and you also have like English, right? For sure, English and Cantonese, like those ones are like the two official kind of languages over here due to the history, right? And um, so, I mean, could the same idea like work over here if like wanted to increase people in my own countries, like I said, just take Hong Kong, for instance, I could just say, I could use both Cantonese and English and just use English in both to try to increase the app, app store optimization or does this trick only work in US? Each app store country is different. And so I forget which localizations index each other exactly. And within app store connect, there's a little question mark where you can tap it. For some reason, Apple doesn't show it off anymore, but I know the UK was US, I mean, UK was Australia as well, indexes that. And then I think Hong Kong might be just China and simplified Chinese might be the localization. So don't, I don't know exactly, but then, yeah. So I don't know exactly what it, which countries localize with which ones, which cross pollinate and especially Asian countries I'm not too familiar with, but I know I remember if I remember correctly, like I think China had like Japan and all this stuff. Unfortunately, Apple used to show this publicly, just that little question mark near where you would find the, the localization dropdown was there and it would show you where all these cross-section, cross-pollination happened, but that question mark doesn't work anymore. I don't know if it's just JavaScript on my browser or not, but that's where you would find it. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about like, is there a way that we can find this information now? But it sounds like you said that that is kind of gone and you're kind of going off from past, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just curious if someday maybe that trick won't work anymore. And then how the heck would we even find out? I guess we'll never really find out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it will stop working because why would it? Apple just still does it. And it's been around for since I got into the app space. So like 2014, 13, we've been talking about this for a long time. So it's been a few years. Now, I don't think it's going to change, but if you want, if you, for a question like yours, that one's harder to answer because the little question mark like French Canadian, like French in Canada, there's English and then there's French Canadian and you, that works the same way as the Spanish Mexico trick, but that's just because we know it. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious if, if you, for this trick, right, would you actually get penalized yeah. if you start mixing both like two different languages in the same keywords or, or no, because no, 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 no. no. each okay. app store has its primary one and then whatever your default app store languages, it'll just default to that. So you don't have to put anything in the UK, but your app is available in the UK. 
but you know it'll just use your default language and if that default language is the us it'll just use those keywords and app name and everything else okay so the mexican one that would only basically work just in us app store not for any other place yeah yeah that just so helps it very the clear okay yes, which is probably the best one you want to go for it's probably one of the biggest markets besides china yeah it is it is the biggest market okay all right very cool I, I like this trick do you have any other tricks you want to to introduce people by the way we did get a hi from brazil all right yeah how do you say hi in Bra in portuguese ciao ciao maybe ciao it's a good question right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one of my favorite things to run and this is again i'll share my screen whoops What's the name in Brazil? Is there a name Sorry? associated with this person? Is there a name associated uh, Rafa with in Brazil? Yeah, huh? Rafael. 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 Ciao, Rafael, if I did that right. All right, apps gone free. All right, so here's one of the my favorite campaigns. It can drive thousands of downloads within a matter of days. So let's say, typically, if you have a paid app, which I wouldn't advise anymore, but if you do have a paid app and you're making it for free, you get coverage on this website. They have an app called apps gone free in the app store. It's iOS only, but you make it free. You get press for it. It can drive thousands. We had a client who had a $12 app. Now it's $12 Alan. So it's a lot. We made it free. We got 33,000 downloads within one day. And then we made it pay the next day. And he made a thousand dollars the next day because we hit the top paid charts, right? When you, when you hit the top paid charts, people are just browsing they find you and they're like, Oh, let me, let me buy that app. So that's the typical way paid app like this one goes free. Now, the way that we've hacked this is if you have an in-app purchase, right? Like a remove ads, and we've even done it with virtual currency. And let's see, maybe this app has an in-app purchase possibly. Maybe, maybe not, but I've had one. This is one of my apps, right? So ah, the screenshots were not, for some reason, it's just Chrome's not showing up properly. But anyway, so one of my in-app purchases is water sounds. Right, so some sounds are free, some sounds are paid. So the, the paid ones, I made that one free. You can do that with an App Store Connect. And then I pitch App Device and said, hey, can you cover my app? This thunderstorm sounds in-app purchase is free for a couple of days. They say yes, they cover it. And we were able to get tens of thousands of downloads. And on top of it, let's just say thousands of downloads. On top of it, what generally happens to Alan is you get actually other people buying other things. So it's like, if you think about a coupon, right? You go to a coupon, you're like, hey, I get some free milkshakes. And then you end up buying the fries, you end up buying more fries, maybe you end up getting dessert. Same principle applies. You come in for something like a $5 off and you end up just spending more. And so that's the benefit of this campaign. It's free to run. So if you don't have any money for marketing, then you can always just pitch them. It's Tyler, it's now Jen, but Tyler at App Advice right here. The, if you just scroll down, you'll see the email. And the cool thing is you can run this every other month. So anytime you need a burst, now the, the first time you run it is gonna be the biggest burst of downloads, but you can run it a month and a half later and then still get a good amount of downloads. So it's one of my favorite campaigns because I've been talking about this for a very long time as well, and it still works to this day. Now, if you have a subscription-based app, which is the preferred method now, the key to do that is you have to give away a 30-day free trial. Now, ideally, the best for, from a monetization, from a retention perspective and conversion perspective is a seven day free trial. That's standard. 
and that's ideal. But if you do a 30-day free trial, you can then pitch App Advice and say, hey, you know, we're doing an extended trial. We'd love to get coverage. Would you please cover this site? Now, when you do a trial, there's two things that can happen, just to give you a little bit more insight. You're not going to always get a lot of people staying on. There are going to be people who cancel. So I did this for one of my apps, and I got zero people <laughs> who took advantage. I got like 28 people who signed up for the yearly 30-day free trial, but most people ended up canceling. But for another client that was more of a fitness app, he actually saw his highest conversion days 30 days after it was done. So it has mixed results with a, when it comes to subscriptions, but with in-app purchases, as long as you have multiple in-app purchases, you should generally see a good lift in revenues as well. Okay, that's, that's just some good advice. Um, actually, I do want to hear more about kind of like your past, right? Because, uh, yeah, you were a developer, right? If I remember, like you started working on an app for your, your child. Is that kind of your start? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I'm not a developer. I minored in computer science. I know how to code, but I use this platform called, subsequently, like coincidentally, Corona. And I learned, because I tried to learn Objective-C at the time, it's 2013, and this couldn't figure it out. Like I had no idea what they were talking about. Yes, I minored in computer science, but I probably suck at it, right? And so I found out this about this platform, this cross-platform, kind of like Flutter, and it was based off of Lua. And I was like, oh, that's JavaScript. So I know HTML, I know PHP. So I was like, all right, I can pick that up, right? And so that's how I learned how to code was I found some sample code. And this is what I recommend to people trying to learn a new language like Flutter or anything else, a new platform. Find some sample code. They have a bunch of sample code out there. And then modify that sample code to what your app needs. So I found a photo gallery app sample code, and I modified it into a flashcard app. Right. And I said, well, if you tap above this radius, right, zero to 180 for whatever it was, then make this sound, play this sound. If you tap anything underneath that, play this sound. And then it was just a flashcard app. And so that's how I got started coding. And I started making more of my apps and developing. And that's how I got the neat, like the itch for it. And so I was making about a thousand dollars a month on the side, just building apps and I, these are all kids apps. Cause when I taught myself how to code, my son was 18 months. He's now 13, close to 13. So it's been a while, but essentially he was learning a lot from these apps. And this was back in 2011 paid apps were actually performing really well. And especially if you're in the educational space, you know, parents are willing to pay. And so that's what my niche was going into making educational apps and then the way I was making money because they weren't in-app purchases at the time was just through just having a paid version of an app. Because back in the days, it used to be a light version. So you have a light version and then you have a paid version and then Apple came out with in-app purchases so we no longer had to do the, the light and pro version anymore. Yeah, that's super interesting. So you actually, I mean, when you start off making your app, right? Like, we were actually planning on making a thousand bucks a month. I, I highly doubt it, right? You're just like, let me just, I'm interested and I want to make something for my kid, right? So how did yes, you go sir. from from like, okay, I kind of can't really do this in iOS. Okay, I can do it in Cordova. Uh, you know, okay, this is pretty cool. Let me put it on the app store. I know my kid wants to use it. Let me just, like, what's the thought process of, because of, people, if you want to go for growth, right? Especially where you're coming from, you make it free, right? But like, mm -hmm. you know, I really wanted to hear more about the thought process because like I said, a lot of our listeners want to market their app and also people want to make money, right? They invest all this time. They want to get a nice return. So kind of like, what's like the thought process involved? Yeah, it was just like that. It was, so I just taught my, I wanted to build something. I just put it out there and then I was like, oh, well, 
like at the edge, right? Like back in the day, you get thousands of downloads for free because Apple is featuring every new app. And so I was just like, oh, what if I did it this way? So I'd find inspiration from other apps that were making decent money. And then I sort of put an educational spin on it. And I'll tell you, like one of my best performing apps, it was a $2 app. And so here's a little tip too. If you have a $1 app, just charge two. Like there's no, yes, you know, you might get less downloads and payers, but you'll actually make more money. And that's what, that still holds to true today. Cause that's what I noticed. I launched it as a $1 app and I was like, well, let me try $1.99. And I started making more money at $1.99, even though, you know, less people are paying, but you would just end up making more money. The, so I, I launched this paid version and then, and then I launched a, a free and I got the itch again. I was like, oh, what if I did like, and one of my proudest moments, Alan, was finding, developing a code that would do rain, that simulate rain. And so I had all these like different, I had to do different sizes and different speeds of that. And then I just randomized all the size and speed of the rain and it would just fall. Now it's probably crap code because it would slow down the game and <laughs> the app a lot. But that was like my proudest coding moment because I was like, holy crap, I made rain. Look at how cool it looks because not everything's falling all at at the same speed and all at once or some are bigger, some are smaller, some are falling faster. And small. So it was really, really cool. But that's how I just kept doing it. You just kept building because the first app was free, getting thousands of downloads, but completely free. And that app went on to probably have half a million downloads worldwide. And I ended up selling the portfolio. It wasn't a whole lot of money, but I ended up selling it because I didn't want to constantly update the apps anymore. Yeah, it is a big pain point. You had to keep updating the SDKs and all that. And new screen sizes yeah. now. We got a new iPhone new every year. Sizes. It seems like oh man, it's so brutal. Yes, it's the worst. But yeah, I didn't know it back then. But I called it ABC a go go, and then the other app that was the best performed was ABC DJ. So obviously, ABC pretty high traffic keyword. But that's how I that's how I was starting to get downloads that way. And I knew nothing about ASO. Like my ASO was crap. So you know, just calling it by the name ABC, just having ABC in there really helped me out. And that's also education, right? Just want to make sure that's why you had the ABC. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah. So like for little toddlers. Now you think it's still a pretty hot market right now? It is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Most certainly. I mean, there was Duck Duck Moose. I don't know where they're, I think they ended up selling the company, but that was the big one back in the day. And that's the one that I really try to model because it's just, they're just so well done. They're all paid apps. And it's just, I had like maybe almost all their apps that my son would use. So super well done. Monkey Lunchbox was another one. Now my kids have grown up, so I don't know what the kids apps are these days. But yeah, I think it's still a hot market. I had a client a couple of years back that was doing math for kids and they're doing pretty darn well. So yeah, still a pretty hot market, I would say. I'm kind of curious, uh, thinking about apps, right? So you're, you're talking about a lot about ASO, app store optimizations. How much like percentage do you think is involved where like an app has to be great performing, right? People are getting satisfaction from it versus how much the ASO has to be. Like what's the percentage that people should really be focusing on? Because obviously you can't do hundred percent in, in both of the, or in, in both, right? You got to split your time, right? You know what? So honestly, I, I think ASO is probably big in the beginning. For and then later on, you probably have to keep people returning. Mm -hmm. Sorry, cutting you off. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Honestly, it depends on the app. Like sometimes I have clients who, your people I talk to, they're like, "Hey, you know, like, I know you know ASO. How would you do ASO?" I'm like, "Bro, you don't need ASO right now. Right? You just need to focus on other channels." So I would say it's a third each. If I had to put a generic number, third ASO, a third really good app and a third other marketing channels. But again, it's really dependent on an app. And so if your app 
if people would search for your app, like meditation, fitness, there's actually search volume for your app, then ASO is extremely, extremely important. But if you're like a social media app, like TikTok, right, for example, and you're like, no, what the hell is searching for that stuff? And so you now need to build a good product because people need to retain, right? People need to use your app. A lot of people need to use your app. And you need to figure out other marketing channels because nobody's searching for this type of app. I just got off a call of somebody where they wanted ASO help. I'm like, look, this, these are the keywords that you would go after, but they don't have that much traffic. Now we can rank really high for these keywords, but if you're going to look, if you're looking to scale this, you're going to need to figure out other marketing channels, such as Google ads, Facebook ads, and then possibly even search ads. So I'd say a third, if I had to give a generic answer, but it really is app dependent. Yeah, I'd actually like to hear about the, I mean, since it's a third, 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 right? We had to kind of give equal, equal weight to all these things. So like when you say other channels, right, you're saying Google ads and, and uh, other kinds of ads, anything else? Like influencer marketing. I just throw them all in one bucket because it depends on the app, but Facebook ads and Google ads are the big ones, right? That's what everybody uses. Search ads. Those are the big three search ads, Facebook and Google. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Now, is there any market right now you think is very hot? Because I always see people asking like, what kind of app should I make? Or, you know, they just want to make an app and they want it to be popular. Do you see any kind of hot markets right now that you think people should be looking at to make apps? Alan, I got a YouTube video on how to do market research on what kind of app to build. And so definitely look it up on our YouTube channel. I'm going to make a plug right here at masters.com slash YouTube. But for you lazy people, whoops out there. Here's what I'm going to show you. Okay. So here's how you do it real quick. You go to app Annie. Everybody knows about app Annie, right? So this is what I use Corona and now they called it probably good to change their name at this point. Solar. <laughs> They're calling it solar or something 2d or whatever it is, but this is what I use to build my apps. So you go to app Annie. Okay. Go for free. You're going to look at the top charts and then I do these videos on YouTube where I show you an app that is making lots of money and you would not know of it. So I, the latest one I did was a, a Starbucks secret menu app that was making $8,000 a month. And I was like, what? So I try to show off these type of apps and then one app, which I feel very strongly about if you want a category is a fasting app. So I do intermittent fasting every day. I usually go about 16 hours. I've been averaging about 17 hours. You know, I'm flexing a little bit. Okay. I gotta admit it says, do you usually do 17 hours without eating anything? And then I eat for the next, what is it? Whatever, seven hours. Right. And then I fast again. So I use zero. That's my app. Kevin Rose first made that app, but then it's going on to other things, but here's what you're going to do. And I, I say that because if you look at the top charts under health and fitness, you see a bunch of fasting apps that are making pretty darn good money. All right. So here's what you're going to do. App Annie, right? You go into the top charts. Is this it? All right, you can pick whatever platform. We're just going to pick iOS, but let's face it. From a revenue in-app purchase subscription perspective, it's all iOS. Google is starting to catch up, but it is just primarily iOS. You're going to go in the grossing, okay? That's, this, is the, this is the category we're going to pay attention to because we want to see which apps are making money. Now, rather than doing overall, which is what this has, you're going to pick different categories. So right here. And then you're going to pick, give me a category. What are you, what are you fascinated with, Alan? You're on mute, brother. Yeah, sorry. I think he kind of also went out for a second. Give me a category that you like. 
category well. Um, I think social media is probably too broad, right? No, give me social media. Give me something else. Let's, let's, go, for, let's go for fitness again. How about that? Is fitness sure. too broad right. or no? No, I like it. So you're going to go health, health and fitness, right? So now I've got this category. This is June 3rd, the day of we're recording this. And then you're just going to look, right? So now you're going to see like, all right, wait, my fitness pal, Calm, Peloton, cool, 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 cool. Oh, ovulation period tracker. Interesting. Number five, right? Like you're like, huh, how many period trackers are there? Now, Grant, this is ASO, right? You want period tracker. It's a good keyword to have in your title. So I'm just going to do a quick little search on period tracker. Because that can't be a hard app to make, right? So you got one. Uh, no, no comment for that one. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a timer for crying out loud. Come on. How hard is it I, to do I, it? All right. I'm always told that I don't know enough. So I, I just kind of, I, I got to get consultation maybe. But right. So top 100, right? We, <laughs> we, I see three. I don't know. This is my thing. My browser is messing up a little bit. Okay. Two. Where's the other one? All right. Anyway, where's my other period tracker? I need to put period. Okay. Clue. Okay, cool. So I saw a couple. So where is this? I'm probably losing some audience. My browser sucks, man. What's up with this computer? Okay. Anyways, I'm going to try to find one of these clue right here. Clue period tracker, right? 84. 84. That's pretty darn good. So now we're going to go to another tool, free tool called Sensor Tower. I'm going to actually look for clue period tracker. Just going to copy and paste iOS. They're making $200,000 a month, right? Now, this isn't completely accurate, but it's accurate enough. Gives you a general sense of how much they're making. Now, I only saw two, right? So maybe they're just dominating, but I have to think there is a way to do this. Now, full disclosure, I actually use this app, okay? Because I want to track... <laughs> I want to track how my wife might be feeling any day of the week, right? So I want to be like, hey, is this for real or is this like something related to something else? So I'll just be like, open up Clue. I'm like, all right, I'm taking you seriously, all right? So, but this is easy. It's just like, boom, boop, 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 everything else. Now you start to think, hey, here's a particular category I might be able to, to focus on because look, there's, only, there's about two or three apps that show up in the top charts and I was trying to find the most the like the least top grossing I guess the the one that's most on the bottom of the list to see how well they're doing because you know the ones on top of it have to be making more than 200,000 right on any given day so and if you look at intermittent fasting you'll see a lot of these show up as well and I did a an app that was making about 200k with intermittent fasting so Anyways, that's how you do it. That's how you figure it out. And I'll tell you why. I mean, this has been a strategy that was back in the day of like 2011. Shout out to Chad Moretta who wrote the book App Empire. And he talked about this strategy. And it still works to this day because I have a lot of people. And I had a friend of mine who actually had a great successful. And this is the client I was telling you guys about. Like we did everything right. We got a lot of, lot of downloads. But he almost had to shut down his company because it just wasn't retaining and monetizing well. And so he just did this. And he just looked at the top charts. I was like, hey, there's this category of apps that are making tons of money. Let me build something similar, put a spin on it. Now, it's not exact clone, but put a spin on it of my own and then make something, get it out there. So like period tracker and fasting tracker, so easy. Like literally, it's just I tap a button and then you just count down. 
how many hours I've been fasting. And that's perhaps another button. But I would use it every day. And what I've been trying to focus on, Alan, is what types of apps would I use every day? So for me, fast intermittent fasting app, you know, like what would I routinely use versus one of these other apps where it's like I might use once in a while, but not every day. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I am kind of curious about like, you know, I think you mentioned this before, uh, you know, okay, let's say I found the idea I want to do. I'm working on my ASO, but what if like, how can we attract people that maybe don't know that they should be looking for my app, but my app is actually really good for them. Right. So if you go to like period tracker, like let's say it's somebody like you, right. You want to make sure that you know what's going on in the house or maybe you're actually trying to have a kid together. So like, you want to know like what's going on. Probably a better reason. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like I'm just trying to think of how can I even figure out what my keywords would be to hit this kind of audience. Right. Because I can, I can assure you that, like you said, if there's, you know, like you, you, you're interested in this kind of thing, right? What kind of things would you be looking for? Just straight period tracker, then kind of act like you're the the end user of yeah. this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good question. Like, I'll show you another tool. Yeah. This is like a sure. workshop, man. I should be charging for this, Alan. Jace. You know what I mean? I totally understand. Feel free to say to say, uh, you know, we we don't have to show off anything. I understand it's <laughs> no, your kidding. it's your I'm bread kidding. and butter, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. It's for Raphael. All right, Raphael, is he still there? All right, so period tracker, like for most things, you should know one or two keywords that you want to rank for. Otherwise, you're stupid, right? Like, come on, you should know something. So let's go period tracker. I'm like, all right, well, this is an app that allows you to track your period. Perfect. So you put period tracker. Now I'm in a tool called AppFollow, appfollow.io, okay? Now what I did was I went to keyword live ranking and I just put in the keyword period tracker. So what this allows you to do, Again, completely free tool. You can see which ones are ranking for period tracker. Now, here's what I like to do to do keyword research, like Alan said, because I don't want to just think, what else would people search for for period tracker? I think I want to know. Here are some options because this is the auto suggested, the Apple's auto suggesting for period tracker. So for kids, teens, period calendar, blah, blah, blah. Right? Now you got these potential keywords. You want to go after keywords that have good volume. So here's how we're going to do it. You got this top one. It's got over 700,000 reviews. That's why it's number one, right? Reviews are important. This one's only got 50,000, so that's interesting. And I'm gonna tell you why in a little bit what I'm looking at. So I'm gonna go down a little bit more. Cool. So I wanna see like top one, top 15, let's just top 15. All right, you can see 99,000, 36,000 reviews, 58. So I'm just looking at reviews right now. All right, cool. 18,000, interesting, number 10. 200,000, 49,000. Okay, so here's what you can do. You can tap on this first one, and here's what App Follow is doing. They're giving you keywords that Apple is recommending. See the search ads recommendation? Same thing. If I went there, so if you put this app, which is called Flow Period Tracker, into your App Store search ads account, this is what Apple would be recommending, keywords that you might be considered bidding on. So you notice this Period Tracker has 67 search ads quality score. Now, what does that quality score mean? I have no idea, right? We just know the higher, the better. The highest it can go is 100. Now, unlike Google Ads, where it goes, hey, these are like 3,000 monthly searches. Apple doesn't tell you anything. They give you a diddly, like some random search ads quality score. But we want to know. We know the higher, the better. So now you're thinking, all right, peer tracker, flow makes sense. Pregnancy app makes sense for me. And good volume, right? It's sorted by popularity. 
Baby Tracker Clue, which is a period tracker. Period Tracker Free, Flow, Flow Free. Now, now you have keywords that you can start thinking through that makes sense for you. Ovulation app, right? Ovulation Tracker, Premom, Fertility Tracker. These are all potential keywords that you might want to go after because they have good volume, which is what AppFollow is showing, and you want to have them in your subtitle title places, right? Now, the thing that AppFollow doesn't show you is your difficulty score, which you'll need to sign up for another ASO tool or just pay AppFollow, upgrade to their paid plan, and they'll show you the difficulty. So for a brand new app that's not doing any marketing, you don't want to go after period tracker because it's probably going to be pretty darn competitive. So you're going to have to try to find other keywords that have lower difficulty but decent volume. You should want to go eventually once you have other marketing channels and lots of downloads, you want to definitely have that in your title. But when you're just starting out and you have no money for marketing, you don't want to do that. Okay. So the other thing I like to do is that's the first app. I like to pick up, I like to just tap on the first one. And then I like to find the one that sticks out a little bit. So that's why I was looking through the reviews. It's like, oh, before you change, sorry, I was curious about, you have a keyword. If you go back to the keywords, right? The top one on there was WhatsApp, right? Should we be sticking like WhatsApp, no. Facebook, or, or is that actually what they did? Is that why it showed up on top? They might have. They might have. Because we don't know, right, exactly what they're using. But I would try to find keywords that are relevant to your app, right? So when I, when I mean relevant, it's like specifically relevant, like period tracker, ovulation, all that stuff. And also the secondary relevant would be similar apps. So let's say I, I have an app that I don't have too much search volume on, right? Like nobody's searching for this particular type of app. So then I need to find something that where my target market would be searching for this type of app. So let's say like social media. I'm, I have an app that's social media for moms. Like nobody's searching for that. So it's like, what other keywords would moms be searching for? And then I would start thinking through that. Now WhatsApp, super competitive. I would not use it unless it makes sense, unless you're trying to build a competitor for it. But like calculator probably doesn't make sense unless it's like pregnancy calculator. Then that keyword makes sense, which it might be why this is showing up. And so I picked this app because it only has 10,000 reviews, but it's in the top 10 and everything else has like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of reviews. So I'm like, wow, what are they doing right with their ASO strategy? So I tapped on this app and then I can see all the keywords that Apple would be recommending for them to use. So maybe contraction counter. Interesting, right? Hello. Let, let me ask you another question, right? Like if you're, cause some people like to have to have a quick tagline, right? So I know a, a company out here that's working on uh, something where it's like Wix for website or sorry, Wix for mobile apps, right? That's kind of like yep. their tagline. Or at least that's the easy way to read it. Now, would they want to have the word Wix as part of their keywords? Yeah, why not? It makes sense. Okay, so in this case, in this them? case, yeah. in this case, using a company name like that as a keyword can make sense as long as it's kind of the way you market your product. Legally, you might not be able to do it. Okay, that's what I'll say, Alan. Legally, you might not be able to do it. So. Technically, you can do it, but legally, you, Wix might have an issue about it. And if they do have an issue, then a friend of mine told me that maybe you want to put Wix in the Spanish-Mexico localization if you can't get away with it in the U.S. localization. So you might want to hide it somewhere else. But again, you didn't hear from me. A friend of mine told me that. <laughs> Alan, you're such a tough audience, man. Can't get a laugh yeah, out sure. of you. Before we're done, I'm going to try to get a laugh out of you. It's a little bit early over here for me, still waking up. So, uh, but no, I, I'm actually just 
taking all this in. I think it's lots of great information. Uh, I love that you're that you're able to share this with us. Again, I, I you know, I know this, this is your secret actually, sauce, right? So. Making money, so anything <laughs> you don't want to this, discuss, this is why I just let us know. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I you got a lot of you got well, you have a lot of stuff out there. It'll take a while to go through all that, so it's good to give me the digestion, right? And I and I'm sure there must be some things that you were promoting that you're no longer promoting, right? Maybe do you want to discuss something oh, like yeah, that? Sure. Maybe that you used uh, to promote this, and now this it's prove like, I know what I'm nah, talking about. I like anymore, to say, this, or, or I like to say stuff that I'm like that kind of proves that I know what I'm talking about. Because you know, there's a lot of people that can say they know ASO and don't know diddly squat about it. But essentially, in 2015. I found out that if you believe, so you can buy app store reviews. A lot of people do it. A lot of big companies do it too. But it, I bought app store reviews and I had the keywords that we were targeting in those app store reviews. And in 2015, Alan, they would make a huge difference. One or two reviews with the, the keywords that you're targeting, pop. Like you just go up in the rankings, not changing anything else. No tub, subtitle, all that stuff, nothing else, right? Hopefully you already have it in your title, but it doesn't work anymore. So it did work pretty well in 2015 and we, we talked about it back in then, but then that's why I'm sort of hold certain things close to the vest because once I share it publicly and I'm, I'm the type of a guy that likes to share it publicly, then it just stops working. So I have to hold certain secrets close to my vest because if I share it publicly and everybody uses it, then it becomes ineffective. So yeah, that makes sense. A couple of years. That's, that's always nice. Yeah. I mean, 23 so, strategies are working. So shall we book you for for the next couple of years then? Yeah, next couple. Can I give a some strategies that we're working twenty twenty one. Sounds good. So now you got me smiling and laughing a little bit, right? Yeah, because I said I would do it. So you're like throwing me a bone. That's what I felt like. So. Ah, uh, okay. Well, we're throwing bones to each other, I think. Okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, actually, I think you know. We're kind of getting towards the end of our time, right? And I know you're a super busy guy. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, I think, you know, do you, let's let's talk a little bit more about App Masters yourself, right? So, uh, like, if you're giving out all these tips, right? So why would we actually want to come to you and, and ask for help if you're already giving out like, tons of tips, right? Or you're, like you said, you're still holding some things private to yourself and that's kind of like people should come up to you or? No, I mean, I, I sort of. I sort of subscribe to the Gary Vee model where, you know, a lot of people just don't have the time or the resources to go through or the knowledge, right, that I, I have. And so if you want to like, I try to share as much as I can publicly through our YouTube channel, through our podcast, through everything that we have. And so for me, it's like if you – I want to work with people who honestly, like, right like if you can't invest like go through our stuff we get tons of emails from people who are like steve i've been following your content and like here's what happened just emailed means like 65 percent and it's decent amount right so decent amount of revenues and by following the content so if you just follow along you know like we don't need me unless you need a marketing agency we'll be here but i try to give away a lot of content out there too because you know Pie is big enough, right? It's not just like, it's just me and I need to hold it. Certain things I hold close to my vest, but it's really a small percentage. It's maybe 2% of the strategies. 98% of the strategies are out there. So I just sent you the link. Is this, is this streaming Gary Ver, I better, I don't even say his name. It's Gary V. This, this is the link that you're talking about, right? That are something else, like cre creating one piece of like long form content like we are and then slicing it up for social media to build out 50 pieces of content. Like we, you know, there's a lot of things we covered that 
more content. That's what he's talking about there. He's more talking about like just getting away from all this free content, right? Like he's like, he gives away everything for free. Here's what we've been doing. He's here's, here's yeah, here's how we do that. And so I try to give away all that for free too. So we try to share a lot. And then one of the best things that do, Alan kind of did it with this Bravia app or Bravra app, but essentially I go live on YouTube every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, so California time. And what we do is so usually I have a guest like you're having me on, but I have a guest on, we talk about their particular topic and then we have three apps and we have a long list, but if you go to appmasters.com slash audit, you can submit your app for absolutely free with advice on the app, AS, whatever question, so usability, UX, and what I, and the best thing that's come out of it is like people email me, Steve. So I bring on to the YouTube channel, so endless circle, right? And then they talk about like what they changed, what happened. You know, one guy, Super Mama, great looking app, 12x is revenue. Another Disneyland countdown app, Disneyland countdown. That's all it does, Alan. You say I'm going to Disneyland July 4th, it just counts down the days. That's all the app does. He 5x is revenues, just following some of those strategies that we've been talking about. So that's what I love the most. People actually pay for a Disneyland app, or they're or they're getting it from like the Google Ads. Really? You, how many apps are, and they're just so simple. Stop, go through the research, stop thinking about, oh, fitness, meditation, like I wanna do something around that. Like there are these niche apps, super shocked at how well they're doing. Well, a friend of mine, he's in German, he's in Germany and he, calculator manual app. It's not the calculator, it's just the manual for a very popular calculator is making really good money from that. And we helped them. He was making just a little bit. Strategies from just one call made more. And then now his subscription based app is doing pretty darn well. So, and we may remain friends. So that's what, that's what I like. It should all be friends. Even subscription based for calculator, right? That's a little bit out there. His manual app was doing pretty well, but he's gone on to turn those revenues and that profit into a subscription based app. That's doing. Okay. All right. Very cool. Um, Before we say goodbye. Sorry, I said. What else you got for me before we say goodbye? <laughs> well, I think you know maybe we can summarize like some very quick tips for people if they want to get some immediate SEO, uh, ASO kind of stuff. Like you have some like real quick drill down, maybe a few minute things that say do this, do this, do this. This will maybe give you something. Title, subtitle. Just focus on that. that. Focus on Spanish. If U.S. language, so that's it. It's very it's very easy but do some research. Like I, I showed you with the app follow stuff, do some keyword research, focus on the, the lower difficulty keywords when you're first starting out. And you know, honestly, like it's persistence, man. Like a lot of times we go through these strategies and I'll hear this from people too. It's like, to all your videos, I'm still not getting any downloads whatsoever. And it's just like, you're gonna have to keep tweaking. You know what I mean? Like I tweaked my app a lot to find out, okay, what's gonna work. And it wasn't the first app that took off. It wasn't the, it was the second app. It was the second version of the second app that actually started making money, right? Like the first version I put out of the second paid app that when I put it out, I was like, I'm not making any money at all. I thought it was gonna do wonders, right? And then I changed the of it and I started tweaking it a little bit more. And then it's like slowly started taking off. And so one of this case study, it's a ge geometry shared it publicly. So I'm not sharing anything privately. You're like, this guy shares a lot of information about his clients. No, this is all public information, but this a friend of mine, geometry solver, he almost, he was trying to teach himself how to code. And so he made this 
50 downloads a day and he's about to give up on it. And I was like, dude, I like this app. Like I like because it's niche, right? So I was like, hey, Rudy, let's let's talk real quick. And so we we changed some of the product. We went from just having remove ads different in-app purchases. Look it up on YouTube. You guys will find it. But I, it's the success stories of 2020. But we modified that app and we right after that product change, $17, no additional downloads, right? So sometimes we think like we need more downloads. I want to make more money. So I got to get more downloads. No, that's not the case. He was about to give up on this app. And then because we did that, he was making more money. Now he's gone on to make over a hundred dollars a day now because of all the different growth strategies you just utilizing that app device campaign that I talked about too. But like, that's where it started from. And I love this story so much because Rudy was like, this is just a throwaway app. I did this on the side. It's just doing whatever. And then just a few, he was like, do this, do this, let's do this, let's do this. And I had no idea if it would work. This is my hunch. And it ended up working. And then that's, that's what I love. That's why I was like, you know, 5X, 17X, 12X revenues. That's what, that's what drives me is seeing these success stories. I just got then they want to work, work together. You know, I got to make money somehow too. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I do have one more question for you, right? And I do agree that persistence is a big thing, right? But how do we know when we should kind of just, okay, let's just stop and see what's happening before I make a move? Like, how long should we wait? Do you have any kind of formula or it's just kind of a gut feeling or? I've asked this for other guests too, because I think it's an important question to ask. So I'm glad you asked it, but it's just a gut call. Like, I'm going to feel it. Like, sometimes it's going to be like, I got calling that. It's not numbers based. It's just, sold off my portfolio of apps because I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to keep updating my screenshots and updating everything for these new screen sizes anymore. And so it's a gut call. You'll know when the time is right. And sometimes you don't know. I have a friend of mine who this guy's been working on the same effing app idea for so long. And we've, we've known each other for like four or five years now. I'm like, dude, you're still working on this app. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm going to, it's, and so, you know, like some people Keep going with it. So it really is a personal choice and it's like a good call for you. Whatever, whatever right for you. But for me, like, you know, when I started my podcast, Alan, I didn't think I was going to actually be running an agency. That was not in the plan. I was trying to do a podcast because I thought I would enjoy it and I thought I'd be good at it. And so I did that and I away, which is why like, you know, you and I, I don't mind doing this because you're doing this as a podcast. But if you and I wanted to sit down for an hour, I'd definitely. I always recommend like start the podcast. Like, sure. Most people we'll say yes to you. Then secondly, oh, it's because the audience started coming to me. So like when you're back to your question about like, how'd you know, stop making apps? Cause I thought that I was going to be making apps now business, this app that I had into a real business, but people started coming to me and I quit my jobs. I needed to make money. And the easiest for me money was because people wanted high audience people are like steve can i hire you i'm like i don't even know anything like my first client i got like three months into the podcast and they're like no i trust you i'm man you you're good let's i'm like okay if you want to then let's work together so that gave me the courage and then that's why i was like oh that's where most of my money's coming from anyways the revenues i need to support my family so let me just do the agency and frankly now i love doing the agency like i still have my own strategies, but I love the agents because I get to work on so many different types of apps and then really have a good knowledge base across all categories of apps, not just like one specific category. So I still love, that's why I love doing the agencies, but sometimes, you know, there's a couple.
make money, man. Like this is where most he's coming from. And that's it. Simple. Yeah, I totally understand. I think we can go into another discussion all about like, how did you figure out how much money to charge? Did you have imposter syndrome? There's so many questions when you make your, your own break. Right. And I'm going through that now too. Like some guy asked me, to... <laughs> yeah, we can, but not to this morning. I was talking to a potential client. He's like, are you an expert? I'm like, I feel weird saying yes, but it's like, I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this for some time. Right. But you know, do you actually, people ever ask you a question like, are you an expert? Then you say an expert. Okay. Then I'll just say that. I still feel a little bit weird, like a little bit kind of cocky, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think we can keep going on and on. Like, uh, I love to hear about this kind of stuff. This is super interesting to me. Um, yeah. I mean, let me just let you have the last word. Like, do you have any kind of last plugs you want to give or anything else you want to say? For this podcast, do you have a podcast? own app masters if you search for steve p young you probably find it better but if yeah. you're at masters.com slash itunes it'll go straight to the itunes and if you just go to appmasters.com you'll find the and check out our youtube channel man we go live every friday we've got over 20k mark but at masters.com slash youtube or youtube.com slash app masters all that works a lot of slashes a lot of youtube a lot of app master stuff yeah i'll put i'll put some links in the show notes when we release the episode Okay, thank you so much for your time. Uh, maybe uh, hopefully in the future, like we'll have you back again. Like I said, maybe I should schedule you for every year. <laughs> so, yeah, we can talk about pricing, man. I love that topic. I'll give you one tip, man. Okay. I just for developers out there, because most of your audience are developers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely, they're developers, right? People always want to know how can I, how much should I charge, right? That's another kind of question. Here's what I did. Here's exactly what I did. I said. And then the client, you nobody wants to throw out the first number, right? So I was like, like look, just give me your budget. Oh, if I'm way off of what you got afforded, because if you can't afford me, then we shouldn't talk. So what, what kind of budget for this? Right. And then even they go like, I, and I, and I'm now, you know, because I've been doing this for some time, I got a little bit of confidence. So like, look, <laughs> okay. I'm like, look. I'm not playing games here. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to play this negotiation game. I already have a budget in mind. And so you either tell me the budget or give me a range. Like if they don't even want to give you a number. Is it 5,000? Is it 10,000? 100. Give me some type of range that I can work with. Guide you towards what I can do for you within that budget. And so that's how I always like to do it. Make them say it. They're going to try to weasel if they're good or they've been doing this some time or they're just weaselly. They're going to try to weasel their way out of it. But you hold them. You just give me a freaking range, and then cave in and give you some nightmare number. But get that number, and that's how you know. And the first client I got, I was like, "What kind of budget?" Well, my previous guy I talked to quoted me fifteen thousand, so I was like, "I can do it for five, <laughs> and let's go." And so that's how I landed that first client. Yeah, but I think the other thing too, like if you're talking about like you know making like making your app right, you already made a couple apps before. You always come in thinking this is going to be not too bad, but then later on you found out, oh yeah, I forgot about this, 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 this. So that's always tricky too when you kind of have to come back and do all that. Okay. Uh, again, don't want to take you for too long. So it was fun. Thanks so much for coming by.